And I'm Katie. And this is I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. Hey, horror fans, if you like what you're hearing, follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. Please subscribe on Spotify or iTunes and give us a great rating. It'll help spread the word. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We are here to talk about The Vigil. The Vigil. Made in 2019. Sure was. Which I really enjoyed, but okay. We, uh, what, we, the year 2019 or the movie? Ju- just last night. I mean, 2019 I was a good year. I mean, we had no idea at the time what a good year was. <laughs> I love 2019. We were living in ignorance, but I also was getting divorced. So that was a little bit of a bummer. Oh, yeah. Litigation's never fun. No, no. And then, you know, arguing and all that fun stuff. But, I mean, I was trying to make COVID, this, like, so. upbeat and lighthearted, and you just kicked that in the balls people died (laughs) (laughs) i just kick it right in the nuts okay um so before we get into our movie discussion which is going to be more uplifting than what's coming what's new with you Mm. okay now maybe i'm in a weird tilted kind of mood because i'm having to move into my classroom after not having access to it all summer and there's construction and then there's going to be more construction this weekend while I'm trying to move in. And then school starts a few days after that. So no pressure. None. Um, but I'm trying not to lose my mind and think of, like, actionable items that I can, like, get done now so I don't lose my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the only way I'm handling it. And I'm in a slightly worse position than everybody else because... They, the other teachers already have all of their stuff, like, in their cabinets and stuff, and I'm starting from scratch. Right. Uh, Because I had to also move classrooms as Mm -hmm. well. So, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to deal with that stress. But Mm. next month when we check in or in a few weeks, it will hopefully, I'll be like, well, I quit. (laughs) (laughs) Life has gotten much better, except for the no money thing. I I work for Costco. You know what? (laughs) I can always, Costco will have me, I'm sure. I can work for Costco and make just as much. That's the bitch about like the whole, the credentialing (laughs) and the degrees and everything. Because once you've put all of that effort in, you're not just going to throw it away. Even if you could make. Am I though? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you will. Maybe, maybe I, time will will prove me wrong. (laughs) If, if anything's driving me towards that, this is the now. What's, what's the, yeah. The for reals that's going on. The the other thing that's not so much of a bummer is I've been, I have been watching uh, the Sandman on netflix it's a book by neil i i follow him on twitter and i wonder if i'm even like correctly pronouncing his name neil gaiman Gaiman? i've always heard it said gaiman Gaiman? every every time he's on the simpsons yeah uh yeah (laughs) so it's based on i think his books and or the book i'm not really sure if it's a series but um or i could be completely uh talking out of my butt but i'm pretty sure at this point i think you're entitled to you get a pass from me anyway i'm drunk i'm not no. I'm drunk with worry. Yeah. <laughs> your your brain is in survival mode right now. It is a so little bit. So the fact bit, that we're yeah. trying to record tonight, period, I think is admirable. You know, I don't congratulate myself that much, but I'll congratulate <laughs> myself for being here. So well, on this occasion, <laughs> the fact that I'm, you know, you, that you haven't just like walked mm-hmm. into the ocean with stones in your pockets. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought about it. Um, so, I mean, do we, should I get into what's new with you? Ask about it. And because I did 
have a fun a little, or interesting story. story. Well, I don't so. know. What would you prefer to share it here at the open or save it as our dessert at the end of the episode? Let's save it as dessert. Okay. Because it involves a brujo also, which is oh, uh, call back to our last episode. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So what's new with you, Katie? Um, well, I'm in, you know, the same as, you know, in the same profession, in the same timing. We're starting school the same day this year, but not in such bad shape because I didn't have to move classrooms from last year. So there was a lot less for me to that I needed to take care of to get my classroom ready um, for this year. But I did spend um, she's just bragging at me. Like yeah. She's looking at me and like her eyes are bragging. Yeah. And I li- <laughs> I have my thumbs in my ears and I'm waggling all eight of my fingers at her. Um, and it's it's really uh, satisfying. Just so rude. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I was saying to Meredith just a few minutes ago that it was, you know, today in my group of teachers, that's, we have two fifth and two sixth grade teachers. I am one of the fifth and the other three, two, the, two of them are new to the school and one of them is moving into her class from a different grade. So I, of the four of us, I'm the only one that is not in a new classroom setting up a new classroom space. Mm-hmm. And um I don't think, uh, well, hopefully even, you know, parents, people who haven't taught can imagine the amount of effort that teachers put into getting their classroom space functional. And then beyond that, um, appealing, enjoyable, welcoming, you know, just getting it basic prepared with like, okay, we need books in every desk. We need name tags. We need, you know, all the signage and all of the um, like the fire evacuation plans and everything. Mm-hmm. But then you also, you know, the next level of wanting it to actually be a nice space is, is a lot of work. Um, it's a ton of work. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, you have a slightly different where things are funded for you more in different ways. Yeah. Right. I mean, there is somewhere you have to ask. You have to do fundraisers and things as well. But yeah, um, yeah, no, our, yeah. our school does a pretty good job of um, supplying us with funds and then also reimbursing us um, and then making, you know, purchases by request throughout the year through the school. So we definitely less of it comes out of our own pockets and mm-hmm. me in particular. So when I I just took over this classroom at the beginning of last year and it there was a huge amount of stuff that had just accumulated from like the maybe three or four previous teachers that had had that classroom over the past like 30 years. Yeah. And um, at the beginning of last year, I found one envelope that was full of the um, funds collected from the parents at the beginning of a school year of a teacher, three teachers before me. Oh my gosh. And was still just sitting in a drawer. And it, you know, it's not a ton of money. It's like ones and fives. It was maybe like 60 bucks or something, but it was like, oh, 60 bucks for the so classroom. you some wine for yourself? Um, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but then, so that was the beginning of last year. And then yeah. the beginning of this year, when I'm like putting the, I first got in and I'm moving the furniture back into place from, you know, the floors being cleaned over the summer. And um, the drawer, in this table that I didn't realize the table had a drawer fell open and it was full of stuff from an aide who had worked in that classroom you know maybe five years ago or more and another envelope of cash from another teacher and it's just like and the infinity stones popped out 
and <laughs> different yeah treasures. so i mean it just it my yeah my my room just keeps birthing money and oh like my gosh. you know negligible amounts but even Still, like that amount obviously nice. at that point so nice. i'm i'm not gonna spend it on myself but i'm yeah, gonna put it back course. into the classroom yeah and yeah. so it makes me a little bit more like to be like yeah i'm gonna buy this awesome set of posters or i'm gonna you know stuff that's not essential um that you might mm-hmm. think twice about expensing to the school or whatever but my classroom is just paying for itself in this weird like I don't know like a cabinet in Harry Potter where you just like open it and there's something in it like it's a room requirement except the drawers and little envelopes of money keep popping out yeah and it's not requirement it's like a room of a little something extra I know I don't know I think that I mean educators will know but sometimes a teacher will come into a brand new classroom and it is bone there's like bone dry there's nothing yeah it's desolate. I've come into this situation. If you, this is my second time coming yeah. into it, and like, oh my gosh, what I'm bringing into this classroom is all stuff I've it's like a hundred percent. Like I'm on Facebook, like buy nothing group. I'm like, hey, can I have this old thing for my classroom? And it's like, <laughs> you're just like driving slowly around the neighborhood looking for stuff left out on the I'm curb. I'm like, little girl, do you need that doll? <laughs> Give me a doll and the baby clothes. She's for like, my mommy, class. mommy. Miss Shannon, take my doll. I know, I'll just take it. But it's just, you know, it's, yeah. the, it's the grim reality of education. And um, yeah. And I don't know if that's yeah, like a, a public school versus a private school like scenario to have like kind of opposite problems where you're they're yeah. like, here's a completely empty space. Fill yeah. it entirely on your own. And I walked in there like, here's a space that is full of curriculum materials dating back to the 70s, <gasps> most of which you can't use anymore, but nobody will throw away. Yeah, and they're like, George Bush Sr. is the president. <laughs> From like, and while you're going through it, Jesus is watching you from that crucifix on the wall. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Well, different problems, but everyone. Long story short, appreciate your appreciate your if you have children in school. Appreciate your teachers. So now that we've like had a big long aside because of our. Yeah. issues in school we're starting school everybody so yeah if you hadn't picked up on that boys and girls we're starting school and yeah then- <laughs> t minus f- four days yeah and i have to sit at my classroom and move in and yeah we'll see how it goes i'll send you i'll text you yeah i'm gonna be getting some like really cr- i'm gonna get like blair witch project style facetimes I'm from like, you i'm so, I'm so scared, scared. Be like Meredith, wipe your nose. I'm like, oh, it's all the dust. I can't stop running my nose. I'm sneezing as best as. <laughs> all right, so I am doing the synopsis of the vigil. This is my first time watching it. It's on, um, I think it's streaming on Hulu, Hulu right yeah. now. Uh, I had never seen it. You had um, suggested it and, and kind of did a brief little like oh blurb about like you know why you liked it and i sold it i tried to sell it yeah so i was like sure i'll watch that and um it's not a huge time suck i think it's like an hour and a half yeah it was pretty so short it, it was it was pretty good so so i will start let me take a nice sip of wine while i deal with my goal anxiety and sleepwalking and being <laughs> short with everybody in my life <laughs> Well, and it's funny for you to say that, like, you you know, you're like, oh, I'm game, you know, it sounds good and everything, because, I mean, is there, before you get started, if somebody tells you, like, oh, there's this horror movie you haven't seen, I mean, are you like me, where it's like, yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah. Because you're just, it, it's, you're going to know. You got to know. Maybe yeah. it's going to suck. Maybe sure. it's going to be great, but you'll watch it to find out. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, I love the genre, so yeah. I'll watch most, like, 
I'll watch almost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I work a lot, too. And I think, though, at this point, I'm just doing, like, physical labor. Or or it's like I'm cutting lamination yeah. and, and stuff. So it's, like, not... Working huge... on that old scissors callus. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm good. I was putting CBD lotion stuff on my hand because it was so, like, old lady joints <laughs> in my thumb. But it's, it's like, something where I can... Um, do that stuff absentmindedly and watch something. So yeah. It was, it was not a big deal, was, except I couldn't do that because I was typing notes. And I typed it and didn't put it on my post-it like I like to do. She got way fancy for this episode. Yeah. So um, I will start. So the text at the uh, opening of the movie um, explains sort of what like the vigil is and what it entails. And it says, religious Jews practice the ritual of the vigil. When a member of the community dies, the body is watched round the clock in shift by a shomer uh, or a watchman. And I actually looked up how to pronounce shomer. And shomer. They say in... in the movie, In the movie, they say shomer. Mm-hmm. But in online... <laughs> I know. Online, I was like, I don't want to be, like, offensive. So right. Like, saying things in a not meaning to be, like, mocking accents. But yeah. so I looked it up and they're like, shomer, shomer. So I was like, all right, I'll do what that lady says. So I'll just say Shomer or a watchman who recites psalms to comfort the deceased soul and protect it from unseen evil. So it goes from that opening little title card. And um, there's also an explanation. Watchmen are typically family members or friends, but there are also paid Shomers who come and are paid for their services. And then there's like um, an opening of in a woods uh, there's woods and a woman and a man standing there with a gun. Um, there's a creepy figure in the woods. There's fog and there's a woman crying and someone in a uniform yelling at an unwilling figure. You see a he's a man and you see a close, close shot of his eyes. He just looks very grief ridden, mm-hmm. upset, very conflicted. Um so he has to shoot the woman, and then there's the creeping figure behind him in the woods that slowly approaches him as this scene unfolds. And then in the next scene, it's kind of like disjointed a little bit because you don't you know that it's there for reasons, and yeah, and that'll be explained later. And also, <laughs> yeah. I love that like the opening, like the text that you've just read indicates the content of this movie is related to Judaism, and mm-hmm. so you see that scene, you immediately like Nazis. Yeah. Like, you know, like, the, okay, this is... Yeah, it wasn't a leap for me to think that guy yelling in a foreign language at this man who looked very Frightened tired and, and was, yeah, in being a, forced in to uniform, shoot a woman. In a, um, in a kind of prison garb mm-hmm. is a Nazi, so... Um, so in the next scene, there's a man in the bathroom. He's looking at his little... at his pills. He has, like, a little container, and he's um, taking them and glancing at his reflection. He practices a smile... In the, win- in the window in the mirror sighs and then rejoins the group talking at, at the table. It's a group of friends who are talking uh, a type of support group. They're speaking in English and Yiddish and they're discussing leaving the Orthodox community and trying to get by. Fit in, live, exist, pay bills, etc. The man we saw in the bathroom earlier talks about trying to get a job and how he tried to write his resume on a sheet of loose paper because um, he, he says it went poorly. He didn't get the job. And 
Um, he mentions that he has a little money and he has to choose between paying for medication and other necessities. The other members of the group lament about the need for more education needed on how to live in the world outside of their orthodox community. Yeah. Um, at the end of their meeting, a woman asks him out. He seems unsure of how to handle the situation. but And he seems, his phone. <laughs> yeah. He, he seems enthusiastic. Uh, she tries to tell him her phone number. Uh, he tries to, like, program it in. She, he doesn't really know. He's like, oh, I really like the flashlight on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, like oh. oh, great phone. And he's like, yeah, it's got a flashlight. I know. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Okay. You're sweet. You're sweet, baby angel. Yeah. <laughs> so he just seems awkward. Um, but, you know, he's excited to, like, kind of date have yeah. a phone and and, and she's um, like really understanding of it and i think yeah. because they're in this support group mm-hmm. situation of all these young people that have left this strict community um and so she's not she's like really sweet about it and not like judgy yeah. or bitchy she's like here you know and she it, took his yeah. phone and she's she put like, her number in it's really hard you know i, I think I, I got the impression she loved the community as well and she yeah. sort of like can empathize. and maybe she was a little further along like maybe she yeah. had left sooner i think so yeah she has been out in the uh, what do they call it? Um, Sodom secu- and Gomorrah. Secu- no, secular. <laughs> they call it secular yeah, world. Yeah. Um, so, so she, he seems very awkward. There's a man outside waiting for him. At this point, we learn that um, the main character's name is Yakov. Um, he speaks to the man who looks like he's from his old community that he left, and um, the group leader comes and and asks him to leave. But Yakov says it's okay. You know, we'll, we're just going to talk. It's I'm fine. I'm fine. And so he, um, it, the man, you, I think, um, I looked it up because I wasn't really explicitly sure who he was, but that's his cousin. And he, oh. um, he says, he do, he's like, I'm not trying to sway you either way uh, back into the community. We just need, I just need you to be a shomer for tonight. And it's just, it's, um, it's good money. It's fine. And he's like, so what are you offering? And it's like $200. And he's like, no, no, no. He doesn't want to go do that. But then after some haggling, it's, um. He agrees to do it for 400 He also knows that his cousin knows that, I mean, his cousin knows that he needs money. Right. Right. So it's like, I feel like he's kind of taking advantage of that, like, and trying to get him back into the community also. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like trying to cut and the well, ties, but one, he needs money. Yeah. And, and one fell swoop, like, oh, yeah. well, we need you to come do this thing. So his friend, ex- or I said his friend, but then I figured out that he was his cousin. So his cousin explains that the deceased is a man named Ruben Lutbach. A Holocaust survivor and reckless. It is mentioned that he looked like he was physically in pain when he left his home. Um, so he's sort of an eccentric and the community people don't really know him and his wife. Yeah, they said um, that he had like cut himself <laughs> off from his children and yeah. had really isolated himself. Yes, and he home. just was like living in his home, not leaving, and then he passed away. So then there's no showmers because it's like usually a, a family member, a close family member, or a friend that does the service. So when we don't have that, you have to pay somebody. The other showmer left who was there earlier because he was fearful and he like he fled the house. It's also explained that his wife has Alzheimer's and will likely, but she will likely sleep through the night, not posing much of a problem. Uh, the two men arrive at the home and his widow, Mrs. Litvox, says that Yakov must leave. He's like, he, she's like, you need to leave. Um, you know, this isn't good. This isn't going to work. Yeah, he's not. He can't do this. He's not like basically she's rejecting him as the showmer, not like she doesn't want someone in her house. She's like, this guy can't do it. Yeah, he's not. N- this is not going to do, basically. Um, it's not a good fit. Yeah. Then at that point, there's a strange noise upstairs and she starts kind of singing a bit to herself and she just walks up the stairs. Um, 
it's sort of implied that because he has, she has Alzheimer's, they're like, well, she's just going to be strange and be like, you know, I can't go wait up until I'm like, old and can just. It's like it's like how <laughs> toddlers can like do whatever the fuck they want because they're toddlers and nobody like judges them. Like, get out of jail free card. Yeah, like imagine <laughs> when you're old enough to just like you're tired of a conversation, so you just start singing and go upstairs. Like, <laughs> that'd be amazing. I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, it's my dream. <laughs> So uh, his cousin says that she's, you know, she's gone upstairs. She's going to sleep for the night. Yakov can stay. He's like, just stay. The mortuary guys are going to be here in like four hours. You yeah. You sit here for four hours. And honestly, if it were me, I'd be like, four hours for $400? I might be. Seriously. You know, no problem. I'll, yeah. I'll do that. Um, his cousin says that he lives close by. If there are any problems, Yakov can come over and perhaps he can go to synagogue the following morning like, to come oh, yeah, and get Well, you know, while you're at it. He's like, no, no, it's no big deal. I mean, just if you want to, if you want to. And he's like, uh, no thanks. <laughs> I'm here for the money. That's it. <laughs> yeah. He says, I'm only here for the money. You know, um, so his cousin leaves. He takes off his coat. He gets comfortable. He takes out his earbuds and starts listening to music with his back to the body. Uh, he starts Googling how to talk to women and um, on his phone. And you see the search engine results pop up on the screen as the viewer. You can see yeah. what he's looking yeah. at, too. Which, honestly, at this point, I'm thinking, like, you're not just the babysitter while the baby's asleep. Like, he's supposed to be praying over this body. Like, yeah. your role is not just to sit awake and Google throughout things. the night. Like, you, you, but, I mean, maybe that's supposed to be reflective of the, like, the confidence that he's lost in the faith. Yeah. That he doesn't feel obligated to actually fulfill the role in its traditional sense. He's just going to mm-hmm. take the money for sitting there. Yeah, maybe. And, I mean, he, he didn't seem super committed to the task at hand. No. So, um, so he's doing this. There. As he's doing this, there are weird thumps and other noises upstairs. There's a cracking in the paints that you see at the top. Or I don't care if it cracked or you like if there was a It looks like a happened. bulge and like kind of a stainish type. It was just some something weird was happening with the ceiling yeah, over where he was sitting. Weird. So he takes, takes his earbuds um, off at this point and looks at the ceiling. Then he um, takes out his the book and starts reciting this, his psalms. The thumping upstairs continues. At this point, the camera zooms in on the sheets, and Yakov seems a little weirded out. Yeah, there is more thumping now in the dining room. Well, because the sheet was moving. Was it moving? Almost imperceptibly. Like I was in the wide and shot, and I couldn't yeah. even tell. Yeah. So the wide shot, you never. I don't. I could never actually see any. But then mm. they switched from the wide shot to a close-up one, and it looked like the part of the sheet that would be laying over the body's hand. Mm-hmm. And so you were like waiting for that kind of move. And but there was the tiny. I mean, it was so minute, but there was movement of the sheet. Okay, so there was minute. Moving in the sheet, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm I like, did, how could he have seen that? Notice. It was like so, so yeah, hard to tell. You see that, but then also he got creeped out. But yeah. then, and and let's. I forgot also to mention he's done this many times. Yeah, before. he's an experienced shomer. That's yeah. why they called That's him. That's why they asked him. And he's the Ghostbuster. It's not like it's the first time he's ever done this, and he's like, yeah. oh, dead body freaks me out. I've never done this before. This is something he's like really well should be at should ease be, with. Yeah. As much as someone can be. Right. So I also thought, like, the fact that he was freaked out indicated something was off yeah. in the house. Something was strange, so. Which, spoiler alert, <laughs> there is something off in the house. Yeah. So there's, like I said, there's more thumping now in the dining room. Yakov then finds a family photo from 1979, and you see 
um, a wife smiling children and you see a smile um reuben who's smiling and a very distinct like shadow shadow behind him yeah um in their family picture and the children are young and you know at this point that they're adults and have moved on and left yeah um so yakov yawns he starts to drift and we see a flashback of yakov wearing his traditional garb his clothing when he was in the orthodox community with his curls um, i should yeah, have looked his, up the name of what those are and i feel so disrespectful calling him that if it's not what they're called i'm, I'm gonna look it up right now while you're synopsizing um, so he he was wearing his his traditional garb um he's walking with a young boy and the young boy is wearing a costume i think i think he's like was uh, wearing dress up clothes i'm not really entirely sure yeah it, it looked like a costume like mm-hmm. it was a construction worker like yeah like he got, had some helmet it didn't, on. it didn't really say exactly what night it was but i just sort of, sort of assumed it was like a halloween type event or whatever i'm not really sure but so they're called pay pay yacht i mean i i don't i'm probably pronouncing that wrong um it's P-E-I-Y-O-T in Hebrew, and it means corners. The corner corners. Okay. Yeah. So he, um, the little boy has that as well. Uh, so, and then they're, you know, they start walking towards a group of men, and the men start kind of get, shouting out kind of anti-Semitic stuff. Yeah. Like, hey, just you know, being like dicks. just being jerk, jerks, and um. Then Yakov gets thrown into the street, and then he wakes with a start, uh, and his hand cramps really in a gnarly way. It's like crack, yeah. Crack, he's crack, like trying like, to he ta- he's like trying to loosen it up to use it, and it's like cracking. Like yeah. he's got arthritis. So then he starts getting texts from that girl Sarah that he exchanged numbers with earlier, and he continues to hear weird like thumps and weird noises upstairs. He initially tells the girl that he should not be texting but then they start chatting the light starts to act strangely at this point buzzing dimming she says you know you can call her facetiming if you get bored he goes to check on the light and the bulb pops very suddenly and then he gets a strange text uh from an unknown number with a video of him dozing earlier and a hand stroking his hair. In in oh, looks like an old hand, mm-hmm. like it's you know wrinkly, big knuckles and everything. So maybe you're thinking that it might be Mrs. Litvak. Yeah. It yeah. also looks like maybe it's got it's got like a blousey sleeve on it and everything. So it looks like an old lady's hand. Definitely. It's yeah. creepy as shit. Not like a weird monster hand. It's like no, a lady. <laughs> or a, like sexy young lady's yeah. hand. Yeah. <laughs> So he gets freaked out and starts calling uh, Mrs. Litvak's name. He attempts to find the video again, but the video cannot be found. It says uh, unknown. Yeah, file file not found. Yeah, file not detected. But then also at the same time, I'm thinking maybe he's just not good at phones. Like he admitted it. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he accidentally (laughs) deleted it himself. He did something screwed up. Then he hears a cracking in the kitchen. He sees a body on the floor just out of view. And then he, he sees just sees the, the feet mm-hmm. and the toenail. The and then he sees the body cracking and being pulled all the way out of view. And you see the toenails being crushed or something on the floor. It's yeah, they're very like disgusting. they're like picking at the grout line and the tile like a super close up. And, you know, it's coming. You know, it's going to crack mm-hmm. the nail back like super gross and you want to yeah. look away. And then I'm like, oh, but I don't. And then you watch and then it does that full thing where the whole nail comes off the tone. It's so gross. It reminds me of the video and the ring. 
with the fingernail yes and the nails. yeah i think that that's that's a cringy thing for anyone is yeah. that whole fingernail being ripped off or any like it just you 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 can't you can't see that and not react yeah and everyone's cringing especially yakov yakov's like, cringing big time <laughs> he's cringing big time then the body is pulled all the way out of you at this point he thinks he's going crazy so he calls his doctor and he tells him that he's seeing things and hearing things. He says he's almost out of the pill, out of pills, but that he does not think he needs to go back into the hospital. He starts to hear more thumping and walking upstairs again. He tries to take pills, but he sees a black slime or like a sludge at the bottom of the glass. He drops the glass. He starts gagging and coughing, and then he pulls out some hair or something. Yeah, it yeah it's like he's cleaning thread. a drain. It, yeah. Yeah, it was just like a clump of hair mm-hmm. that he pulls out of his throat. Um, so it's it's pretty gross. It was also another like ring moment where she yeah. pulled out that thing out of her like yeah. hair and the um, the thing that you put on when you're ho- at the hospital, the sensor thing, a little oh, circle tap yeah, thing. Yeah, and I think that this is kind of like a thing you see in a lot of scary. This idea of pulling things out of your throat, and it's yeah. you know it's it's related a lot of times to possession because it's like it's something foreign in your body, mm-hmm. and so that some somebody like coughing dramatically, and then all of a sudden they like cough, cough, and then they're pulling something out, and it's like it's it's like the the magician with the the scarves in their sleeve, and it just keeps coming out. <laughs> that is hair. It's disgusting. Your throat is not a a drain in the shower. Um, So finally, the lights turn on, and you see Mrs. Litvak there, and he sees that it was just water and broken glass on the ground. Yep, no black muck, no nothing. Yeah, all the stuff that he thought he coughed up, it's not there. She tells him that what he's seeing are memories, but not his memories. (laughs) And you're like, oh, shit. Okay. She also tells them that she drove away her children because she because their home was not a place for children. Yeah. Um, she picks up a piece of the broken glass and then she crushes it in her hand, making her hand bleed. She kind of mumbles something and leaves. Um, but before she does, she's walking away and she opens a door that leads into a basement. There's this... Yakov was like, oh, okay. And he sort of just seems like kind of in a day I don't know like curious maybe and he, you hear yeah. like talking he doesn't um, seem to be under his own control mm-hmm. super yeah. much so he goes downstairs and there on um, there's a it's I don't think it was is it a television it's a screen of some kind and there's a I projector. feel like it was a television oh okay so he but now sees, that you say projector maybe it was a projector <laughs> I'm not sure am I just like putting um What's that movie? Sinister? Sinister, yeah. Am I just, yeah. like, making that? Projectors are creepier. Yes. So there's a screen um, on what's playing, or a video is playing, excuse me, which shows a man talking about demons, and I would assume that it's... Um, Ruben. Uh, Ruben. Um, he's talking about demons and how they are parasites. Uh, he, he talks about the demon that followed him from Buchenwald, he mentioned that the demon must have been waiting for someone in the forest until it sensed his pain in the forest. He calls it a mazik. Mm-hmm. It seems like it is a demon that's haunting him and says that it must... Hold on, let me turn my page. Mm-hmm. It must be burned in the face on the first night of uh, possession or whatever. Yeah, t- the first night it appears, yeah. Um, so it will leave. Uh, he says that as soon as he dies, the demon will attach itself to another broken person that it has atta- um, coming, come across. Mm-hmm. And it attached itself to Litvak and has 
fed off of his pain and his guilt for having killed another uh, war prisoner mm-hmm. during the ho- in the war. We see Miss Lit- Mrs. Litvak in the video. She's just like sitting behind him. She's just him, sitting there, like, like listening. Like, kind of. yeah, but it's like like the creepy bride. Like this is the woman's role is to sit behind him while he's you know giving his sermon or whatever, and she's just there. She looks like she's just like he's like prophesizing and talking, yeah. and she's like and just taking it all in, and it's it's weird. So she's sitting there listening on the video, and then she tells the viewer, she says, "It's behind you." Yeah, so she's like mouthing something for a while, mm-hmm. and and Yakov like can't tell, and he keeps getting closer and closer, and like trying to read her lips, mm-hmm. and then finally understands behind that you, behind, behind you. you. The creature he turns around, and the creature reaches out towards him, and he runs up the steps. He his phone starts ringing, and the doctor has returned his call. He asks how he's doing. What What are you doing? Where are you? He explains that he's seeing a shomer job. He explains. That he, has, you know, he's shaking, he's seeing a shadow or a demon. He also mentions that he's dealing with the PTSD because of what happened to his little brother. He then asks of the figure, um, he, if the figure's head is turned backwards. The doctor asks him, is it turned backwards? Which is something that Ruben said on the video. Mm-hmm. He said that it was cursed to always look behind it. To look it. behind it, yeah. Then there was... Um, He's talking to this doctor, and he seems, like, very calm, the doctor, and, and suddenly there's call waiting, and it is a, um, his actual doctor, who yeah. sounds completely different than the first caller. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I just got your message. I'm he's, so sorry. Yeah, it took me like, so I'm long. Yeah, he's like, I'm so sorry, you know? And then he's like, oh, hold on. I'll have to, can you hold on? And Hello, he goes second, back, doctor. <laughs> yeah, he goes back to the other um, call, and it's a boy's voice, and it asks, why did you let me die? The widow returns and tells him that he can't leave, that he's been there for too long. And at this point, Yakov's like, bye. He tries to leave and um, his bones start cracking and cramping until he's completely incapacitated on the ground within a block. He can't even get away. Yeah, the further he physically goes from the house, the the more his body is being like attacked, basically, yeah. and destroyed. Mm-hmm. So he sees a figure approaching him with the, that backward looking back yeah. head. He gets up and starts making his way back, and he seems a little bit slightly better. Yeah, he gradually he, recovers mm-hmm. the closer he gets back to the house. Yeah, as he starts approaching. Then the Matzik surprises him at the top of the stairs. Like a he, real dick. Yeah, and then <laughs> scares the shit out of him, and he falls back backwards off the stairs and gets knocked out. Um, at this point, he... He, you see another flashback. You see what happened to his brother. The men cut his, what you call, I, we refer to them as curls. I'm not pay, pay knowledgeable, knowledgeable. Yeah. They, but they're just doing anti-Semitic yeah, crimes they're, against Yeah, they're just harassing. And, and, um, yeah, just, this little boy, and, and they cut his hair. And the little boy, he attempts to run. He runs into the street and gets hit, hit, killed um, in a hit and run. Yeah. Which is, a, I mean, for me, it was like a little bit of a relief in that moment because you think like, are these, are these, like these guys are obviously like drunk jerks on the sidewalk. Are they going to murder a child? Right. Like, are they really taking this like random drunken harassment of these Jewish kids to that level where they're going to kill this child? And it's like, no, he runs into the street. I mean, they're mm-hmm. responsible for his death. Yeah. Um, but it was like, okay, well, at least we don't have to watch them like kill him in front of his brother right yeah because you're not sure where where it's headed when yeah. they start harassing him in the oops harassing him in the first place um so you know and and also he yakov he 
kind of had frozen when he, they yeah. were like, trying to like they're harassing his brother and he just was standing there like well he never even got up to... he was still like laying on the ground mm-hmm. in the street where they threw him down and he was yeah he was too afraid to to get up and defend his brother yes so he gets up and he cradles his brother um you know crying and sobbing and, and not very very upset obviously and that's when he awakens back in the house he weeps and he starts saying, I was frozen, I was frozen. And yeah. he's, he's just very, very upset. Um, and, you know, he, he shares, or he, wait, hold on. He weeps and shares that he's frozen. The body is oh, no longer under the sheet. That's yeah. what I meant to say. Yeah, the table um, is empty where the where Mr. Lipvox's body yes, was. Yes, it's, it's no longer there. Then he calls his friend at this point, Sarah, uh, to, and she... Um, she doesn't answer, but then she FaceTimes him back. He tells her there's evil in this house. She, she wakes. She gets up a little bit more and is she's very concerned. She's asking him a line of questions. She then tells him that he must go upstairs. And um, that he just, you know, um, you just watched him die again. Yeah. So, like, yeah, she's saying things to him. She doesn't like, know. She couldn't possibly things. know. Right. Like, back to what... Um, the boy said on the phone, you want, you know, you just let, you let me die. And, yeah. Um, so it is clear that it's not actually Sarah that's calling. The body returns back under the sheet and it sits up and it starts speaking in his brother's voice at this point, asking why Yakov let him die. He embraces the figure in the sheet. Yakov does it, um, weeping, asking for forgiveness um, until the figure evaporates and then he's just gra- grasping an empty sheet. He hears more noises upstairs, and then he decides to go upstairs. Mrs. Litvak is there, and Yakov says, thank you for the bandages. She says, it wasn't me, it was Reuben that did that, not her, and that he is down the hallway. Yeah. She gives him various items to, uh, to fill in, um, which is for prayers and other things, and you wrap it around your arm, and then you it's like wrap a the other one around yeah. your head mm-hmm. that has the um, different texts I, i'm sorry I, well i'm not really versed in judaism or especially um things having to do with prayer and not really doing much of it my own so um he just kind of it seems like he's really just kind of embracing his former self yeah. well and he's and arming his, himself it's yeah. the same thing with like if it's a you know the catholic spin on this movie like they would have the crucifix and the holy water and the yeah. this and the that and like it the stole definitely and it was definitely a father Karis. Karras, brother Karras, um, having rejected his, you know, like having yeah, doubts, lost his faith, and then coming and then back to it, and then being like, you know what, I'm putting this. Here's this, yeah, you know, power of Christ compel you, putting your stuff on and your garb, and like yeah. throwing holy water at Reagan. That's literally that one stuff. of the things that I put in my notes <laughs> while I was rewatching this was that that phrase that there's no atheists in foxholes. Yeah, because it's like that's the same that, thing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like you don't believe, you don't believe, you're super skeptical and doubtful and everything until there's a demon. Yeah, totally. So. <laughs> And then, so, you know, with people who are really good, fan, big fans of The Exorcist, that, I mean, this is a big moment where he, Yakov is arming himself with his religion For battle. and yeah. getting ready to face the uh, this demon situation. So, um, he says more prayers, he lights a candle, and then he goes down the hall reciting psalms. He sees a light at the end of the hall. There's a man there with, with the backwards head. Then it's, I feel like I saw a vision of his brother, 
too? Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. weird because it's all, it's very blurry. They keep the Mazik like super blurry most of the times that you see it throughout the movie. It's also one of those like unnatural movements things where it's like shaky, shaky kind of, which is And it's like, you know, you're looking, supposed to be looking at the back of its head, but it's also out of focus. Mm -hmm. And so it allows them to like, you you might see a fleeting like different faces and things in it. Yeah, and as he's doing this, there's also like weird hands reaching and faces reaching. Yeah, like through the wall, like that stretchy wall. It's like a rubbery kind of wall thing. Yeah, it's like when Freddy Krueger like comes through the wall over the head of Nancy's bed. Like yes, and you're like, oh crap. Okay, so those are also reaching out as well. Um, So then, you know, the it's the demon is clearly there with his head turned 180 degrees, looking backwards with long claws. It turns its head to face the front at him and is looking, it is him looking at himself. Yep. Uh, He pauses for a moment and then he lights the face on fire uh, with his candle. And then at this point, he returns to the body, the body that's just writhing under the sheet where he proceeds to recite, recite more Psalms. Um, We can see at this point there. It cut, there's kind of a cut scene um, where the viewer, you can see what was torturing Reuben, which is his memory of shooting a woman in the forest um, and the demon was embracing him. And as he, as Yakov like kind of provides his strength and his faith, he's able to sort of like forgive himself a little bit for yeah. like what happened. And uh, it, the demon finally lets him go as he is um, hearing these prayers. His his soul is hearing these prayers. Morning comes, and Mrs. Litvak comes downstairs and says, "I think I'm finally, you know, thank you. I think I'm going to go into the sunlight yeah, again. I'm going to go for a walk." Yeah, she's like, I she goes and gets a latte. Here. She gets her nails <laughs> done. Yeah, she like she she's you know, it's a new life. Whole Sex in the City thing. <laughs> yeah. So. um... His cousin comes back. He's like, are you sure you don't want to join me? He's like, not today, but maybe, you know, he, he sort of insinuates or kind of like lets us realize as a viewer, like, it's not completely out of the question, just not right now. And he also seems like he kind of has um, moved on a little bit from or not like moved on from his grief, which you can't do. But there's also a little <laughs> sense that he has forgiven himself some for what has yeah. happened to his brother. Yeah. Um, he leaves the house, and then the scene gets really blurry. You see his cousin and the pallbearer guys, or I don't know where they, what they are called. Taking him to the funeral Yeah, home, they're taking yeah. him down the steps, the the um, box. And then you see, like, a really hunched over, like, shadowy figure walk yeah. out and then also walk down the street following um, Yakov. Yeah. And then that's the end. <laughs> Which is, like, that last scene is very lengthy, Mm-hmm. And so it's one where if you think, oh, okay, the movie's done, and you don't really pay attention, and you don't watch for the entirety until you you might miss that that shadowy figure does leave the house and then start walking. Because, like, you know, Yakov goes, and he turns, and he looks back at one point, and then he walks out of frame. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, ten seconds go by, and then they come out with the the casket, and then they load it into the car, and then they leave. And then, mm-hmm. like, it's really drawn out. So it would be very easy, I think, to miss the to fact miss that the the shadowy figure does follow him. Yes. And it's, as to, if you, like, hang and watch that whole time, you can definitely tell it's not a human. 
Yeah. Because it's going very, like, yeah. it's, it's doing exactly what it did in the opening, where it's very, like... Yeah, when you see slow. it in the woods, it's mm-hmm. out of focus, but and it's, it's man-shaped, but not really. And mm-hmm. it's kind of, like, hunched, the arms are too long, you know, it's, yeah... It's it's very creepy. It's so. very creepy. Did you think it was scary, Katie? You bet I did. <laughs> I definitely. So this, um, when I just rewatched it the other day, it was the third time that I had seen it. Um, I think it did get a little less scary with rewatching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember the first time that I watched it. Um, I think it was very unexpected. Uh, and that was that helped make it scarier. But um, it has it does a lot of the kind of expected horror movie elements, um, but it does them in a really, really good way that makes them really effective. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that one of, and this is one of the really early things that happens. Um, and I'll mention it because you didn't mention it specifically was when um it was when, so Yakov, when he started out, he was sitting, when he first came into the home, he was sitting like in the dining room with his back to the body. Yeah. And that was the room where he started to see shit in the ceiling. And he's like, I'm not going to sit under this. Maybe he thought the toilet was going to collapse on him or something through the oh, ceiling. Right. And so then he moves into the chair in the same room as the body and he's facing the other direction. And the dining room is dark. And mm-hmm. there's a point where he sees And this is like one of the first things that happens. So he's not really spooked. He doesn't know anything's Mm -hmm. happening yet. But there is like an outline of a figure. It looks like a human figure standing in this very, very dark dining room. Mm -hmm. And um, he like sees it and he notices it. And I think he might even ask like Mrs. Litvacher might say something like, or who's there? I don't remember if he, you know, what he says. Um, But because he can't really tell if it actually is someone there. Mm -hmm. And then after a moment, it does that really like fast jerky head turn mm-hmm. and it's it's really like a really creepy scary moment for it to just kind of set the tone um because it it's one of the first things that happens to him and right. that that i think is one of the like pretty scary moments for me mm-hmm. and then you know all of the like we talked about the element of like pulling something out of your throat the um the phone call with his um with his doctor where you know you've been listening to this conversation you're hearing this doctor kind of help him work through things and you're mm-hmm. wondering is the doctor going to believe him is he going to convince him that he's imagining the whole thing blah yeah. blah blah and then like you know, five minutes into that conversation, you're like, it's not the doctor he's talking to. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? So that yeah. was like a really and that's that's not like a completely new concept. You've right. seen that in some other stuff, mm-hmm. but they used it in a way that was really effective and made it really scary. Um, so I think that it, it did a good job of taking, you know, these these little random, you know, it's like got kind of a haunted house vibe. It's mm-hmm. almost got a little bit of that, like I mentioned earlier, like that the babysitter home alone, like that, um, you know. Oh, definitely when a stranger calls kind of vibe. Yeah, like yeah because it's silence. like instead of babysit, you know, <laughs> instead of a kid sleeping upstairs, it's a dead body laying next to you. Right. Um, but it is that idea where like even just being the babysitter while the kids are sleeping is creepy. Imagine if it's not a sweet baby sleeping upstairs, but a dead body laying on a table in front of you. Right. Um, It like amplifies that. Um, So, yeah, I think I think it was very scary, especially the first time. And in rewatching, it was still enjoyable and it was Mm -hmm. still creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think it was scary? I didn't. Okay. well, I'm a jerk. So (laughs) as soon as the doctor called back, I knew it wasn't the doctor. 
I was like, that's not you the doctor. asshole. I'm an asshole. How do you enjoy anything in this life? I don't, I don't know. You're like, I don't enjoy anything. That's the thing. No. But um, so that didn't, that was not surprising to me. But what I do, and you know this, like, I really like having stuff just out of focus. I was thinking about you every seeing, time the Mazik was out of right, focus. Not, and, and having a very, like, just out of the shot thing where or a shadow and and it like moves suddenly and you're like oh my gosh what the fuck is that and he takes his new little flashlight on his phone yeah, and, he's and so, shines his it favorite over there. thing about his new phone and you're like oh my gosh you know that was something and it's not it was not like uh at first you think it's a coat rack or he's like oh it's a coat rack and you're like it's all the coat rack but you know you're not gonna you're just yelling at the screen by yourself but um <laughs> it had a definite feel of I mean, I got all sorts of, like, fun throwbacks, and but I also liked that it felt very original, too. I, I really enjoyed the writing. The, and I looked this movie up a little bit later, and it was pretty just torn down by critics as being really? just, like, lame and not good. But really, really liked by viewers. Okay. So okay. I'm, I'm like, you know what? I mean... some That means something. Yeah. You know, I, so, I, some I filmmakers would care more about that. Right. So, because um, I looked it up and it was like 90-something percent or 89-something percent fresh uh, from viewers saying they really liked it. Yeah. And then the, I think, I think I could be misspeaking, but I did see some negative reviews from like Eat Roger Ebers that, you know, it's like, blah, yeah. blah, easy, predictable. I'm like, well, I mean, it's, like a, said, it's, it's an not, old kind of story. Yeah. It's and like a, a lot of the yeah. elements are very standard horror movie elements, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't use them and have them still be effective. Yes. And as somebody who's not very super familiar, as I already mentioned, mm-hmm. I'm not super familiar with Judaism. I'm not super familiar with um, the rituals and things that go along with, um, you know, respecting your dead, uh, everything that has to be done with someone uh, with a, when a loved one is passes. And because um, there's mourning period, there's mm-hmm. you have to sit in the house with the family and there's a certain it's like a very... Um, you know, it's a very serious and, and a time where you have to adhere to the rules. Yeah. And, it's very, and, and very respect. different from yeah. our like standard Western secular approach to mm-hmm. dead. They're whisked away. You never yeah. see them again. You go and have the funeral at the funeral home. That's it. Opposite. Like hands on. We're here with yeah. their loved one. Their body's right here. We're going to chill with them for like days and yeah. and respect them. And um, so I've, I've liked also... You know, I think there's also the understanding that as somebody who, like you just said, is like more bodies whisked away, you're not really around it. To me, it's more, it's very unsettling for as a viewer who's outside of that community that doesn't, you know, partake in that yeah. um, kind of ritual yeah. with your, when your family member dies. To me, it's like, well, I've never really been around a dead body, to, yeah. you know, and watching someone who's just sitting next to it in the night and the first guy left because he was freaking out. Yeah. Um, probably not great. Yeah, bad sign. That's a bad sign. <laughs> so, um, long story short, I really liked it. I thought it was scary. I liked how it was all blurry and weird and shaky. Terrifying. I liked, I felt so sad for, um, Yakov? You know, yeah. Well, not Yakov. What's the da- deceased's name? I, it's oh, name Ruben. escaping me. Ruben. Yeah, Ruben. I felt so sad for him. Just yeah. like, what a horrible life. Yeah. Have, well, because like, for you know. a, a good part. So one of my complaints um, for a moment before I like kind of thought it through and realized what was happening is I was like, I didn't love how 
easily Yakov was able to dispel the mazik. Mm-hmm. Like, he walked down a hall. It stood there, still. It mm-hmm. just stood still. Mm-hmm. And then he set it on fire. Right. And that's all it took. Yeah. Um, and so it's not that, like, okay, it took courage for him to do that. He, mm-hmm. you know, had his religious garb. He had to face the fact that it was his face, which and essentially was... essentially face his own demon. Yeah, was twisted and everything. But that seemed like a really, oh, okay, you beat him. You beat the demon. Good mm-hmm. job. Even though in the end we find out, you know, he didn't actually. Um, but that maybe, was kind of like, yeah. how did, you know, this is something that tormented Ruben for his entire life. Yeah. And Yakov walks up and is like, you're done. But then I was like, oh, because it has to be the first night. The first night and... And Ruben, yeah. poor Ruben was in Buchenwald. He was in a concentration camp his yeah. first night. He didn't have an opportunity. No, mm-hmm. Not that he... I mean, he didn't even have the knowledge, let alone the opportunity. And he to, didn't have 50 years of research right. to understand what this thing was. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I have questions like, why did the demon let that video play? Like, hey, here, yeah. here's how to defeat me. Just yeah. like, let's have it. But I wonder But you know if that Miss Litvog was trying to help. Yeah, so uh, I'm assuming Yaakov. she led him to that too. Yeah, so. because, well, and she didn't want, she tried to keep him out. Yeah. Because they, you know, it said that um, the, the Mazuk like feeds off of pain. And this is something else that I think is, is kind of a common theme in a lot of horror movies is the idea of you've, you've got a main character that's already haunted by something. Right. And then they stumble into a situation that involves some other element of haunting or possession or demons. And Mm -hmm. they're susceptible to what's happening because of their own personal demons. Um, Right. And that's exactly because, you know, we have uh, Yakov is, you know, tortured about this idea that he's responsible for his brother's death. Yeah. Just like Ruben was tortured by this thing that he, you know, killed this woman in Buchenwald, even though clearly he had no choice. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, uh, you know, he, uh, where was I going with that? Oh (laughs) yeah. So with Mrs. Litvok, she, when, when Yakov came in, she maybe could like sense with him, like, no, this kid is, is hurting. This kid is wounded. This kid is traumatized. And that's why she was like, no, he won't do, he can't stay because she knew that he was the kind of person that the Mazik would attach to. Right. Yeah. And then once it got to that point later in the evening where she's like, it's too late, you can't leave. Yeah. Um, and, and so she gave him the opportunity to watch that video to give mm-hmm. him the information that hopefully would save him. And in the end, it saved her, too. Right. Um, yeah. Really. But um, <laughs> what I looked into a little bit um, with the uh, the Mazuk, because first I was like, you know, trying to really understand what word they were saying. Mm-hmm. You know, like with the the pronunciation and everything, I, I you know, like how how do you spell that? You know, fill me in on this. Um, and also mm-hmm. because uh, you know, I'm aware of a couple of other horror movies that um, center on the Jewish approach or the Jewish um, ideas and mythologies around demons and everything, mm-hmm. as opposed to because most commonly it's Christianity or Catholic right um, yeah uh, scenarios that we see for possessions and demons and things like that but there are a couple of movies that have gone in the Jewish direction and usually so the two that come to mind always the first of all for me is um, the possession right which yeah. I've have you because I think the first time I mentioned it to you you hadn't seen it yet have you ever watched that uh, I think as you described it more I realized I that had, you had seen, seen it, it the one with Kyra Sedgwick and um, not Henry Dean Stanton. <laughs> 
<laughs> the guy Jeffrey from Walking Dean Dead, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, Harry Dean Stanton. Um, <laughs> and then the other one is the un- I love it. <laughs> uh, the Unborn, which is the yes. one that I saw when I was pregnant with Grace. Yeah. And um, <laughs> both in both of those movies, the participants, once they recognize that there's a possession scenario happening, seek the support from um, Jewish people of faith rather than the Christian church. Mm-hmm. And um, it's because they've identified the demon as what they call a dibuk. Mm-hmm. Now, in this movie, they're calling this demon Namazic. Mm-hmm. And so I was curious that is that like, was that the name of this particular demon? Because that's always a big deal in possession movies. Like, you can't dispel a demon unless you know the name of the demon. You always sure. have to be able to call them by name in order to send them away. Yeah. And so I didn't know if Mazik was the name of this demon or what. Um, and so I went to look it up partly so that I knew what the word actually was and understood the difference between the um, Mizik and the, the Dibuk. Mazik and the Dibuk. And now I'm, I'm fusing the two words in my brain. Um, and so what I found, and I, I didn't do a ton of research. So some of, you know, if we have, do you think we have Orthodox Jewish listeners? I don't know. That are going to email us. About how wrong we are about everything? How super wrong we are. (sighs) Well, let me just clarify that anything I say is out of ignorance. Yeah. I need to be educated. I'm not not, a rabbi. It's not out of uh, disrespect. Yeah. So, I'm trying my best. (laughs) I did grow up with uh, as many Jewish kids as I did Mormons. I got my first boyfriend at a bar mitzvah, and we broke up at the next bar mitzvah. Oh, man. So, um, (laughs) but that does not qualify me, really, to speak on anything, um, except for bar mitzvahs. Right. Um, But uh, what I found was that a mazik, it's not the name of this demon. Mazik is actually kind of synonymous with demon. Mm -hmm. It's just the term for demon. And that they're generally thought of as less problematic than dibuks. Okay. Like they're, uh, what I read was that they were kind of expected, they were like an an assumed part of life. Maziks are just around. They're... They're just a problem you have to deal with. Okay. Um, Dibuks are considered to be more problematic, a bigger problem. That's a boggart. (laughs) But a dibuk is defined as a ghost or a disembodied soul. Uh-huh. And I thought that was really interesting because that's kind of the inverse of what we see in Christian based horror movies. Right. Where it's like a ghost is like, it's just a ghost. It was once a human. How bad can it be? Where a demon never walked the earth in human form and they're from the depths of hell and they're real trouble. They want to be you. They want your body. Um, <laughs> but with this, the mazuk, the demons are kind of like, okay, yeah, no, they're annoying. But dibuks are a problem. Yeah. That's interesting. The yeah. very like it's like a juxtaposition of yeah, like yeah. issues. So yeah, okay. I, I don't. Again, I hope that that's mostly accurate. Maybe sure. it's not. But if someone emailed us with a correction, I would be so fucking excited that we got an email. First of all, we've never gotten one. We've never gotten an email. I'm not scared. You're scared at gmail.com. Yeah, please. All one word. Tell us we're wrong, but say it nicely. You know, I'm trying my best. I yeah. have. I, I'm Write so in with tired. your own bar mitzvah memories. <laughs> did you get a boyfriend at a bar mitzvah? Who did you kiss on the lips? Oh my god! Who no, we never kissed. Oh with? come on! Oh but my I did gosh. put his shoes on before we went back in and did the next horror. Wow. That's yeah. Kind of kind of the same thing. Kind of the same thing. Um. Yeah, so I think that I I love, um, you know, I think that that maybe it links to my whole thing about sequels, prequels, and remakes, Mm -hmm. is I love looking for 
um, connections Mm -hmm. and recurrences um, of different ideas and elements and stories and seeing people's uh, different ways of using an element or ways Mm -hmm. of telling a story. Um, And that's why I think that remakes and sequels don't bother me because I I like that. Um, And so, you know, this, this idea of possession, the, the demons um, infesting uh, human lives is so common. It's done so, so many times in Mm -hmm. horror movies, Uh, but every time it's, it's its own unique little thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to take it away from a Christian background and and start utilizing the whole culture of Judaism right. uh, opens yeah. up this whole new world of of elements to use and ways to look at it that make it you know kind of new and cool mm-hmm. even if it's still you know y- using some of this those same tropes or, I'm not going to call them cliches but um, you know I kind mean, of standards yeah I mean they're standards and um, they're used a lot in movies and but I do like I mean you having it set in that world is pretty unique. It's not, like, really widely, like, the same, like, oh, the nun has to go fight the demon, the priest has to yeah. go fight the demon, like, that. that's, happens a lot in yeah. movies, and, or Christian, the priest, or the preacher, or whatever. Yeah. So, um, but I do really, I, I did like that this man had left the community, and he was trying to move on because of this deep grief for his brother, and how he lost his faith, and um, it did have a lot of, like, um, you know, it, it felt a lot like you could take that his feelings and relate them to father Damien in in the exorcist with mm-hmm. the grief over his mother yeah. and him losing his faith and and all of that stuff so I, I don't know I just really enjoyed it it seemed yeah like a lot of things were, were predictable in some ways but mm-hmm. also not predictable in other ways and it wasn't it didn't seem like a tired worn out set, uh, lazy way out yeah. in a lot of ways I mean so. humanity only has so many stories to tell Sure. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. very, I mean, only Jordan Peele is coming up with new stories. <laughs> yes, which I have not seen his new movie. I haven't yet either. Oh, I'm, I really want to. I heard it's, people are like not sure about it or people love it. So I'm not really sure. I'll, I'll probably like it. Yeah. Although it could be a midsummer situation. Which... Yeah. Well, and I, I was so, so excited just to hear that he had a new movie and then I saw the UFO and I was like, seriously. You're not a big UFO person. I'm not. Right? That, that's where or X-Files aliens. drove me away. I was a huge X-Files fan when it was it. like everything was different. Every episode was something new. And then at whatever season where they're like, no, we're going to focus entirely on this FBI UFO cover up storyline. I was like, peace. Bye. Yeah, I'm out of here. Uh, 11 yeah. year old me was like, uh-uh. I've, <laughs> I've mentioned- been to Roswell. I've seen that shit. <laughs> I've mentioned this episode before and I'll mention it again. The Kalasari episode in the first which one is, is that? that? It's so good. It's, I don't remember, it's called the Kalasari, I think. And it's, it's about, not the inbred a, family, is it? No, 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 no. Okay. There's a demon and um, there's, a, it's a woman, I think they're from Romania, but I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. And um, there's like a ghost child killing people in the family. So, oh, yes. So, and then, yes. He has, and he has to get, um, that was all what X Files was all about. All these to come and like exercise the demon from this child, and it's it's really good. And, and Mulder is there, and it, yeah, it's a good one. So uh, highly recommend. It's uh, it's good TV. I watch it every few years around mm-hmm. Halloween because I'm like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> spooky. So speaking so. of spooky, you said that you had a story for us that we should uh, close up with. Oh, so I I just got a haircut. Probably, and then walked in the door, and like two minutes later, Katie showed up. I should have been like, bitch, I've been waiting. I know. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. 
So my hairstylist, she was talking about her. Um, I was like, oh, I have to go re- record a podcast. Uh, we we talk about scary movies, and she's like, I have a scary. I love. She's like, I like scary stories. She's like, and then she said, and I may, I'll, I'll tell her later that I said, told her husband's story that she told me on my podcast. And then maybe we'll get a new listener. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, but um, this is just what she was telling me while she was cutting my hair. So I don't know about the details or what, what else other, what else came of it. But um, her husband is from Guatemala, and when he was a boy, there they had a neighbor, and the neighbor's wife um, died. And the neighbor, the husband said, she keeps coming back and like cooking and clean, doing things in the house. Like, I mean, doing... dream wife, right? <laughs> right. She keeps. She's up. dead, and she keeps keeps cooking yeah. dinner. And then, co- well, coming back and doing um, the usual things that she did while she was in the home while she was alive. And then after a while, the husband, her her widow, left and left the house abandoned and just and no one was living there Mm -hmm. so her um husband and this is now he's an adult man obviously with with kids of his own but he um when when that man left and the house was empty he waited until his family was asleep and then he went and snuck into the house oh so because he kind of wanted to go do you know like at all how old he was like if he was a little guy or if he was like a teenager she doesn't say she just says when he was a little boy so i'm assuming oh that's eight or ten or twelve or something i'm not really sure so he goes in by himself because he wants to see the ghost she's there Mm -hmm. yeah he wants to see if she's there and then he's looking around it's just empty it's empty house and no one's in there and he is walking out and he's he's she says that his her husband described it as he felt something very heavy on his head or like just felt like something was like pressing down on him. Okay. And he just kind of like stopped and and knew not to turn around. And then he he ran out of the house and um he looked behind him and he saw the woman was kind of like chasing him out of the house. Oh my god. And he he says that he screamed and passed out and fainted. And then his neighbors heard him screaming. It was in the middle of the night. His mm-hmm. neighbors heard him screaming. And they went and got him. And then he had, like, a raging fever. And um, he was in bed and, like, couldn't... As soon as he w- he couldn't sleep, he kept seeing the woman and was, like, having, like, nightmares. And just, like, very, very sick and dying. Oh, my God. So they his family took him to a brujo. Um, who said that she was haunting him or something. She didn't exactly go into details, but she she was trying to kill him or something for coming. I'm not really sure for yeah. like coming into her, her space. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that, yeah, that would make sense. Um, so the brujo, I'm not sure what he does, cleansed him, healed him, whatever it was, kept him from dying. Wow. And that's the story. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> but Wow. So, but then she's like, do you believe in that, in that stuff? And I was like, no, but I like hearing about the story. I like hearing about people that believe in it. And... Well, you know, like I'm like, well, I mean, maybe something happened to him. I don't know, but it's a cool story. So I just, um, without permission, repeated that story. <laughs> <laughs> We've opened ourselves up to lawsuits. Sorry. But you didn't use anyone's name. I didn't use no names. I just said my hair cutter. Yeah. And you didn't name the <laughs> salon. So yeah. I think I think we're safe. No. Yeah. We're yeah. Safe. So I was like, oh, that's a crazy story. And and um, she was like, yeah. And that's how my husband almost died when he was a little boy. Wow. So 
I was like, wow, that's Yeah, I don't have crazy. anything like that. I've never had any kind of remotely legitimate supernatural experience in my life. Me neither. And you know what? I'm open to it. Yeah. I mean, like, is that, I wonder if that's all it would take to change my mind about things like that existing, because I don't, I don't believe that those things really exist. I love watching the movies and I get legitimately scared, which you think you wouldn't really get scared if you didn't believe in them. And I don't believe in them, but it still creeps me out. Yeah. But it's like, if something, yeah, but if something happened, something like that happened to me, I had my own personal experience. Like, would it, he's like, would it turn me right around? That bitch chased me and um, killed, trying to murder me. She put a a bucket on my head. (laughs) (laughs) Killed me. (laughs) You know, or, you know, would like the skepticism, you know, the whole right side of your brain, the whole growing up in modern Western society, like you would explain it away, like everybody does for the first two thirds of every horror movie Mm -hmm. until there's something they can't explain away. And then they go find a rabbi or Uh, a priest. Yeah. Ed and Lorraine, come tell come help yeah. help me. Oh, oh wait, all of you people that we've been making fun of for your beliefs this ah, whole time. No, we need your help. We come save you. us. I'm I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> help me. Uh, but you um, know what I realized? We yeah. did not um talk about or decide what movie we're gonna do for our next episode. We didn't at all. Um But I picked mm-hmm. this one. So do you mm-hmm. have one that you wanna throw on the fire? There's the one that I've been mentioning for a full year off and on is Jacob's Ladder. You have been mentioning that and I have Mm -hmm. never seen it. Yes. Which is, um, I mean, I love that movie. Is it one, it's one from when you were younger? Like, did you grow up watching it? Oh no, I watched it in college for the first time and I really loved it. And Tim Robbins is the main character and, um, I can't remember. You may recognize some of the other people. Elizabeth Pena, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. um, who R.I.P. But she's a great actress in a lot of Spanish movies, and um, she's she's really great. Oh, or, Jason Alexander's really in it. Yeah, <laughs> and Eric LaSalle, Bing Rames. Yes, a lot of and okay. It, it's pretty serious. It's a ser- They have like serious roles, and I I really like that movie. So if if we could talk about that one, that, that yeah, really I'm fun, down. So. I'm down. So this is it came out in 1990 because there yeah. there are a couple of versions. Um, there's a 2019 version, but we are talking about the 1991 with Tim Robbins. Yes. So. Um, Oh, one thing I wanted to ask you if you've seen the movie Prey. I forgot to also mention that. Okay, so I have not watched it yet because, and this is, oh my God, was was a miraculous moment for me because um, in addition to my horror movie interest, I also, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm super into sci-fi, yeah. but the, I, you know, I love the whole Alien series. I love the whole Predator series. Alien versus Predator Requiem is one of my top movies to just put on like not a guilty pleasure but just like a go-to anytime fun action is um the second alien versus predator movie um and i grace because she's my horror movie pal i had showed her um the first predator years ago i don't remember how long it was but it was long enough ago that i had to mute the parts where he's telling the pussy jokes oh um And but that's the only one. And then she's seen Alien and she's seen Aliens. But I had never showed her any of the other Predator movies. You know, I really wanted to show her AVP, um, especially the first one, but both of them really. And what I love Mm -hmm. about the Alien series is they're female protagonists. They're like badass bitch female protagonists. I'm like, this is amazing. (sighs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, I love Sigourney Reader for 
Yeah. Sigoyne Weaver. Sigoyne Weaver. Sorry, it's a mouthful, everybody. Yeah. It's a, I try um, my best. <laughs> she was actually at Stanford at the same time as my parents. I love her. I don't know if they ever met her, though, but she was in their books. Um, <laughs> but uh, Sanaa Latham is the lead in Alien vs. Predator, and mm-hmm. she's like the the Arctic explorer, whatever, leader, badass. Like, she's amazing. And mm-hmm. so they're, they're very, I love those movies that just kind of out of nowhere, like, yeah, no, we're just going to have this amazing woman, female character battling this adversary yeah um anyway 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 so but it you know only with grace because grace is my you know aligned with me with movies Mm -hmm. and tommy has always been like no thank you please kindly leave (laughs) with all of my (laughs) not interested (laughs) yeah my movies but and i mentioned before that you know um he's started to kind of dip his toe into some things that are a little bit more in my realm and he's watched stranger things and he watched Blair witch project with me Mm -hmm. well he saw the um is it hulu that prey is on yeah Uh yeah he saw the um promos for it on hulu and it really interested him Mm -hmm. but he knew that it was part of this huge franchise yeah. And so we're driving in the car. I'm the, uh, you know, it's all four of us in the car. So I'm in the front. Tom, Tommy's in the back with Grace, and and he is like, "Oh, mom, you know that movie, Pray, blah blah." And he's like, "You know, I think I want to watch like the 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 earlier ones before I see it." And I was like, "Oh, I, oh my, are you you're serious? Like, you're like play cool, play is, cool." This is, this is I was like, "You have no idea how happy that makes me." <laughs> um, and so he. Uh, he and I watched the first one already. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't mute the pussy jokes, you know, well, because he's 15 and he's a boy. Yeah. Um, he didn't he didn't laugh at them, but I don't know if that's because he was watching them with his mom. With his mom. And he was trying to, you know, keep some sort of decorum. Sure. Um, but anyway, so it seemed like he liked it. Um, and then I said to him, because um, I had gone through, before we started it, I opened up my DVD book and I was like, okay, so we've got the first one, which is incredible and iconic. And you've got the second one, which is a piece of shit. And then um, <laughs> you have... Uh, then we move into Alien versus Predator and Alien versus Predator Requiem, and then you've got aliens plural, mm-hmm. and then you've got—I mean, not aliens plural—you have predators plural. Right. Then you have the Predator, mm-hmm. which is the most recent one that had mm-hmm. come out. Um, so we watch the first one, and then I say, "Okay, so I think the other one that you really need to watch before you watch Prey is Predators Plural." So that was the one that Adrian Brody did, that had oh. like Danny Trejo and Topher Grace and Lawrence Fishburne. Um, but I felt like, in in terms of him having the a full enough picture of the universe to watch Prey and really appreciate it, mm-hmm. I was like, "That's the other one you should watch." And he was like, "Well, I want to watch all of them." And I was like, what? Oh, my God. And then wow. I go like, well, I mean, the Alien versus Predator ones like don't really make any sense if you haven't seen the Alien movies. He's like, well, I'll watch the Alien movies. He's like, are you are they scary? I was like, no, I mean, they're they're like but Predator. They're so good. I'm like, yeah. they're, yeah, yeah. you know, they're they're sci fi monsters, but they're not like ghost scary horror movies. And yeah. He's like, oh, OK. I was like, oh. <gasps> Oh, I don't know what I did in a previous life for this moment, but I am so glad. So that's a long story short. I haven't watched Prey yet because I think that that's something that he and I are going to build up to together. Mm -hmm. But so far, we've only watched the first Predator because then we had to start watching the movies from the summer book reading that we did. We watched Book Thief the other day and then yeah. next we have to watch The Hate You Give which I've seen but he hasn't and mm-hmm. those were two of the, his summer reading books that he read um, so hopefully we make enough progress on the preceding movies to watch Prey before Hulu flushes it <laughs> yeah before it stops streaming I'm right like, yeah oh, they're like yeah we don't have that anymore that was three years ago <laughs> <laughs> you can't yeah <laughs> um, did you watch it yeah 
Was it good? I loved it. I did it you? Good. I mean, is it? Did I read that you can like watch it in Comanche subtitled? Mm-hmm. Where it's dubbed. Du- it's dubbed in Comanche or it's Comanche yeah. dubbed in English? It's all English when you watch like the regular version and then the other version is dubbed in Comanche. <gasps> That's amazing. If you can, is it possible to watch it dubbed in Comanche with English subtitles? <laughs> I would assume probably. That would be amazing. Yeah. Because like I would love to hear it in Comanche, but obviously to know what was happening. You I don't would know need Comanche? I, I, I only uh, know Cherokee. Okay. So yeah. Well, you're lame. What are you gonna do? I but you know <laughs> I've been focusing on my my Hebrew and my Yiddish, so I haven't had time to learn multiple native dialects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was really beautiful. I'm not gonna give anything away, obviously. Thank but you, because I would punch you right in the face. No. It's just it's beautiful. It's it's. I can't wait. You know, it's shot. You know, it's like visually, visually yeah. just gorgeous, and and all of the na- nature and, and all that. And so yeah. I really loved it. I thought it was really good. Oh, so. I'm very excited. I'm glad so, to hear that. I hope you like it. And if you don't, you can suck it because you're wrong. Yeah. If I don't, I will end up punching you in the face anyway for getting me excited for no reason. <laughs> Get ready to watch it. You'll love it and it'll be beautiful, but you'll be like, this is hot garbage. <laughs> terrible. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, good conversation. Check out The Ritual if you have not watched it. It's Vigil. It was- the Vigil. But no, also the watch ritual. the ritual because oh, that is no. a, we talked about that when the we were vigil. talking about Blair Witch Project because that's another excellent movie that is always Sorry. on Netflix. I, I keep saying I kept saying the ritual of watching your body, the body, oh. <laughs> the <being> showmer, <laughs> yeah. that ritual. I meant watch the ritual, watch the, watch the vigil. vigil. Also watch Jacob's Ladder from 1990, which we are wa- talking about. What you're watching for the first time? I've seen it probably five or six times, and I love it. So better be good. All right. All right, bye. (laughs) Bye.